so we're live. We're live. Welcome back, everyone, to the Reflex Blue Show. I'm your host, Donovan Beery, and I have with me Jeff Silverstein from Friendly Design Company. Thank you. Is, is, that, is, that, is that, like, too much of a hassle to, like, be Friendly Design Company and you just have to have it? Do you have to be on at all times? I, I feel that pressure. I, 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 like, have to caffeinate on a daily basis because I feel like if I'm not at least a little perky, so, so I'm not living the brand. So you go in rather than a water fountain, it's just like a Red Bull fountain. Exactly, exactly. Okay. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm coffee all the way. Red Bull is too much. Okay. <laughs> all right. I, I just wondered. You know, my, my, my wife was saying that uh, she, she's heard some people packing Red Bulls in, like, we, we got a grade schooler right now. Sure. Someone, someone was packing, like, Red Bulls in their kid's lunch. And, and she's like, What? <laughs> It's probably in the third grade. No, this is like first grade. Oh, jeez. I think I don't know when. When maybe I could see like high schoolers doing that because they're yeah whatever. But well, he's got a kickball league to probably uh, dominate. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what it is. I don't even know if they play kickball anymore. Do oh, they play sad. kickball? I think they do. It's dodgeball that they don't, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The incidental ball to the head is okay. It's when the it's by design of the the game that you run into trouble. By design, yeah. I like that. I like that. And and so now now friendly design company and it's friendlydesign.co. It's a website. Is the website? Yes. People want to find out more. Yeah. You guys are actually located in Washington D.C. and based Omaha. out of D.C. and have an office here. Yeah. Because obviously Omaha, Nebraska, is where you want the second location of any business. That's what I've found over the years. Yeah. You open yeah. It like we did a nationwide search. And then you're like, Omaha looks like the number two spot to, to go next. You're not seeing everyone doing that? I think they are. I think that's a trend. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I lived in D.C. till about uh, three and a half years ago. Started the company there. But I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in St. Louis. And my wife grew up here in Omaha. And we wanted to kind of get off the East Coast and uh, get closer to family. And so uh, the move was less about where we wanted the second location of the business and where we wanted the first location for our family. I think that's, I, I've seen that a lot. Because how, how big is the friendly design company? We're a team of nine. Okay, so it's decent size. So, but, yeah. but I've seen that a lot where, where you're one of the two founders and yep. one of them moves. I mean, we've had people on before where they were in similar situations. And, yep. you're, and you're like, why did you choose this? And they're like, well, we moved. And, and, and I think now with 20 years ago, maybe it's a little harder. But now it's pretty common that half your staff might be working remotely anyway. Yeah, it's funny because we, you know, we like agonized over this decision. And both both like personally and with both with my wife and my business partner, it's like, what are we going to do? And then and then we moved here, and it's like I'm meeting people left and right where one of the partners is still working remote for their tech startup in San Francisco or their firm in New York, and it, it's just like, oh, a lot of people are doing this. <laughs> it's uh, you want to be close to family. You want to live in a more affordable market uh, when you have kids. I think the biggest hurdle is if, if you're trying to – if your whole firm picks up and moves because you're leaving, like, probably you have a core base of clientele and – so and that might be difficult, but if you're like, oh, we have one or two employees leaving, they're like, yeah, that's not a big deal. Yeah, it's it's funny because I think my business partner Ross felt a little pressure. He's like, now I'm stuck here, right? Like, like you get to leave, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you love it. You're not going anywhere. We were able to do it because we still had that base in DC. So I was, I, I mean, I still go back fairly regularly, but we didn't have to like tell a bunch of clients that were used to us being local that suddenly we're going to be halfway across the country. 
they could still come knock on our doors. Nothing was n- nothing big was changing from a client perspective. We still had all those relationships and those networks that we could keep working with. What What's the biggest thing you've noticed, like moving to Omaha? Is it that it was a positive thing about for business perspective, or is there been anything? I mean, obviously, you, you have more steaks. I mean, that's just you have to. You have to eat more red meat. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. DC also is like a steakhouse. You know, every, every, it's like people do business. In, you know, these business political meetings and steakhouses. So there is there is more steak. It's maybe a little fresher. <laughs> okay. To some extent, it's opened up another market. I think we've still been we've been slow to shift. I've still been really focused on kind of where was our existing business coming from and and who are our existing clients and who do they know and who do we want to work with. But I think we're slowly making that shift and we've done some business here um, and work with some great folks here that you know otherwise there's there's no way we're gonna have those opportunities just visiting from the East Coast. Well, I guess the other way is, how does it help you working with clients that you no longer have to be in the world of Washington, D.C., but still work with those clients? Is it, does that change your perspective on how you need to perceive the design and strategy for them? I don't, you know, I don't know that it's signaled a big shift in our, in our strategy or the execution of our work. I think, like you said, technology has allowed us to be more and more kind of remote. When I moved, there were already clients that we would see maybe once or twice in an engagement. They're busy and we're busy, so we're sitting down for big kickoffs, but the back and forth is happening uh, virtually already. Yeah, I, always I don't wonder. know that I've shifted my philosophy being in the Midwest. Yeah, and maybe it's one of those things where you realize like when, when you sit back later, you might notice it or maybe you won't. Maybe be like, you know, that's a solution I wouldn't have come up with if I was still living there. Yeah. Just not, because sometimes, you know, separating yourself from problems, I didn't know if that, if you'd notice anything unexpected with that. Yeah, it's interesting because I think there is, in D.C., I I think there is a really pragmatic, I mean, we, I think we are very, friendly design takes a pragmatic approach to design, but I think there is something broader in D.C. where you're working with, you're working with government organizations, you're working with nonprofits, you're working with people who are doing really important work and need need pragmatic design. They need design that solves problems. Um, and and that, that's gotta look good, but it's not big flashy ad campaigns that are coming out of DC. And I think there is something there that that has a relationship, I'll say in the Midwest, that has a relationship where I see, I, I think people who run businesses in Omaha want sensible work they appreciate great aesthetics but i don't think there is the desire for big flashy whiz bang the way you might see in uh, in bigger markets um, and i don't think there's the value put there so I, I think there's actually an alignment between what i am seeing people produce here and the type of work that we've been doing the type of work i see some of our peers in dc producing oh, that's interesting yeah I, but it would make sense I think so. That perspective. I, I mean, think so. I mean, maybe I'm projecting my own uh, philosophical bias a little bit, but I, I think there's some similar uh, trends. Well, we're going to be right back with, uh, with Jeff from Friendly Design Company. Unrelated completely. I'm, I'm kind of on a high right now because I got on the social media and I saw a client posting that a logo we did to look it up, it was over four years ago. Yeah, is gonna finally appear this year. 
It's going to see the light of day. The company is going to start up. And I've never... So it's, it's very exciting. We designed yeah. this. But it was it was because the guy wanted to open up this, uh, this storefront. Yeah. And we did all the work. It was approved. And then I think things happened with the client. Yeah. Where they decided, oh, another opportunity arose. And they took it. They opened up a different storefront, which we got to do, which was great. Yeah. Which was great. And and then they opened up a different storefront, which we didn't get to do, which it's great that they opened, but it's not quite as great. <laughs> Can you share who it is? is it... Well, this is this is going to be like a... It's a Mexican restaurant. So oh. I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I... It's like, Here in Omaha? No, it's in Council Bluffs. Yeah. But, but so they're, they're going to open up, they said, in 2020, and they posted the logo that we did like four years ago. But every time, you know, I've, I've seen the guy, yeah. and, and when he swings by, he sees it in the office, and he's like, he's like oh, I'm still, I'm still, that's still going to happen. And, yeah. and you're always like, okay, okay, you know, I hope so. But, but it's not like they haven't yeah. been doing other things. It's like, it just got delayed. Well, we, one of the first projects we did here was for this woman. She's a chocolatier. She makes chocolates and sweets and all these things, and... She was like, I'm going to open up a shop. I need to brand it. And like we did, we did this whole identity. And then she's like, oh, I'm too busy and I can't find the right spot. And so now like two and a half weeks later, two and a half years later, she's like, can I get those files from you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm finally doing this. I have a partner. <laughs> We're like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like, let's let it see the light of day. You know, you're in this profession long enough. A lot of work, just things die off. By, yeah. by things that you know and, and, and I understand right. that projects die in all phases yeah but but every now and then they just reappear and and I know that and the, there's a certain joy because you've written yeah. it off mentally right like it's, it's yeah like, no that's not what you're going to see yeah so it's fun and, and plus I love this 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 client's great that's cool and and everything they do is great and now I'm like oh so now now they're running and it's like oh now the guy's now going to be running like four businesses. So <laughs> it's not that it's not that he hasn't been doing stuff. Yeah. We'll we'll see how that goes. That's cool. But that but that's so that's our excitement. I mean, anything happening in your in your world this week? Well, I guess you got a chocolatier. Yeah. How I mean, that's got to be a fun client though too. You're dealing with like anytime you're dealing with anything that I think you, you personally might want to use is always a bonus. Yeah, use, enjoy sweets. I and I think f- like we don't do a ton of food work, but it's it's fun when we do. It's fun when we have a client who lets us run with it. So this was like like uh, we created this pattern that was inspired by looking down on you know like a box of truffles, and it, it just was bright and colorful and had a lot of energy. And so I'm excited. A lot of research have to go into that. I'm sure you know you like bring more truffles this week. Well, exactly. I think when 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 she signed off, I'm like, well, I'm gonna need to to do some really in depth research on this project. Can you go ahead and bring in a box? Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say the first thing, this one, you know, this is like uh, Mexican food. And so the first thing I said is that the, the designer that was here is like, we're, we're going we're going to South Omaha for lunch today. Yeah. Like before we even start on this. You got to know the market. And, and it was, that was, that was a great lunch. <laughs> and then we hung around there for a few hours. You know, I mean, it was, it was, I mean, that, that's what you have to do. Absolutely. I, I, I think if, uh. If you are passionate about your work, you immerse yourself in it, and you you get to know the industry you're working in, and you get to know the client. And uh, if that's Mexican food, you got to have a few tacos. Yeah, or or if it's in Washington D.C., how do you how do you get into that market? How do I how do I get into Mar- Washington D.C. market? Yeah, like no, I mean, how do you how do you immerse yourself in that without coming out the wrong way? <laughs> well, we don't 
we don't do we don't do a ton of government work. Okay, well there you go. That's that's a big part of it then. We do a little bit of political work, but typically it's with it'll be with nonprofits, it'll be with cause-based organizations that we believe in. And so we're helping advance a campaign or a cause or a purpose that we can we can really get behind and, and feel good about. Maybe that goes with what your answer was earlier too, where you the more pragmatic approach. You're not because because I'm assuming if you're doing political campaigns, the, it's completely different than dealing with nonprofit campaigns. Yeah, and I think what we were finding with with candidates, it's it's the exception that the candidate really values great design brings designers in early. We're seeing some really great examples of that. And I know some people who do some great candidate work, but even those folks, I think their, their bread and butter is, is working with organizations because there just aren't that many candidates that... They need full-time designers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you, you, it's got to be a national or a statewide campaign. The folks, I mean, and there's some folks here that do great candidate work, but I don't I don't think it's paying the bills to, to run your uh, assemblyman campaign or design your uh, your state senator or state congressperson's uh, campaign. So it, it's got to be the right candidate for the right office, and it, it, the stars really have to align there to, to do interesting work, I think. So, so, like, when you're doing these nonprofits, like, I think back, back in the day, like, what, what type of work, work would you have to do for them? You, I mean, what do they, do they still do, like, annual reports? <laughs> they still do annual reports. Our, our work takes a lot. I mean, we're a brand and interactive design firm, so we might rebrand an organization. We might update a brand or expand it. I think the, the shift to digital is continuing, and so we have not done a print annual report. Well, no, I take that back. We did a print annual report two years ago. It, but most it, of the annual report... It probably report, wasn't the old 100-page one. It was probably 16. Yeah, it was more like a, a executive summary annual report, Um and, and we had some nice big photos, and, and the last page are some numbers on it. Sure. Um, but more and more, we are moving and encouraging clients to create interactive annual reports. Because I think even, gosh, even saying that out loud, it doesn't sound like a fun project, but we're able to really run with it. We're able to create interactive experience where we can highlight what these organizations are doing. Um, and it, it, it almost serves as an over, it, it, a more interactive overview than you can get on their main site of, of what's going on on an annual basis. So it's, it's fun for us. It's a great tool for them because, A, they, they don't have to print up a bunch of copies of things that people aren't opening and reading. They can drive traffic. They can see uh, you know, you can track analytics on these things and see what folks are looking at, where there is interest, and, and even affect your programming moving forward. So I, I think we're seeing a lot of success uh, with those sorts of micro sites, micro annual reports. They're really enjoyable to do and, and I think bring in value to our clients. I assume that by, by making it that, rather than just saying, well, shouldn't that just be the content on the website? But by calling it that, I assume that the people who start clicking on it, you realize will actually dive in and actually look at more information than just one click. Well, yeah. I mean, what's what's nice is by putting it on the web, you don't have to replicate content, right? You don't have to take all these articles that you produced and rewrap them up in a print piece. We can we can tease them out and, and link off to them. We did a, a website for uh, USA for UNHCR, the UN Human Rights Council. I think I'm getting those letters. You, in the right you order. work with nonprofits. You are in a world of acronyms. I don't yeah, know yeah, how yeah. Your, your mind doesn't just blow up. <laughs> and they they're publishing all year long. We're not we're not like 
republishing that, but we can we can tout these key stories and then direct folks to them. And and they had done their we had helped them with a print report the uh, two years ago, three years ago. And so rather than taking that stuff offline and trying to edit and repackage, it's uh, it's creating a new kind of experience, a new entry point that, like you said, it drives people back to their website, helps donors really get a glimpse of what's going on, and then hopefully uh, donate again. Yeah, cause, but but I mean, you, you by doing it as a microsite, is that so that you can give them more information, or is it because you can then focus on a storytelling aspect rather than just I think you it's know, random random yeah. one page views? Or I think it's both. I think most sites are not built with like here's a space to put your year end overview, right? Like it's like uh, it doesn't quite fit in the site because it's probably longer than a blog post. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, m- some of these are just one-page sites that are, I'll say, glorified one-page sites that have a lot going on, might might be able to click in a little bit here or there. But yeah, they're, they're both longer and more interactive than a blog post. And I think typically there are a couple pages of content there. So we might have a financial overview that exists kind of off to the side or, or is linked to. Um, again, it, when you sit down with a lot of design firms to design your website, you're not like, well, where are we going to put our year-end financials? <laughs> right. Because they have to legally put them somewhere, right? I think there might be some laws involved. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes. Not necessarily uh, on your website, but you have to you have to publish that information as a nonprofit. So we're able to create an experience that I think is a little bit more enjoyable and engaging for any of these organizations' audiences. And then and then hopefully pull them back into that, that core site. I don't know when, because when I went to school, and, and I'm old now, Yeah. they, you know, we were told, like, annual reports were, like, a huge, like, a great project to do. And I don't know when they, they slowly lost luster, like, I, over the I, years. I think they lost luster with budget, right? You can't pay for that, uh, <laughs> that luster on the cover uh, <laughs> when your printing budget's getting hacked. Yeah, because they would, they would, part of it was, you know, you could, hire a photographer the photographer would like go world maybe yeah. make a few yeah. worldwide stops i'm nodding at you but i'm realizing we're on a podcast yeah and and then that budget went away and then it became oh now we're just using stock images for the annual report yeah i i remember that too coming out of school annual reports were a big project and those were the things you saw in like uh all the design magazines. yeah all the design magazines all the annual reviews and somewhere in the last, I don't know, 20 years, I, I think their importance has diminished. But I think there are stories there to be told and information there that's still important. We're, we're finding a way to recreate that a little bit in a, in a digital space that, that's really interesting and hopefully providing some, some, some powerful tools again. Well, I, I think it's a great solution because, once again, you, you took a project that otherwise would be like, oh, this is literally just a project we have to do to, oh, we can make something with this. Right, right. And I think we can make something with it digitally that would be really, really tough to match in scale physically. Because the, the cool, fun things that made these annual reports really exciting, the, the big photo budgets and print budgets aren't there anymore. So it's just a production budget at that point. And we can put that into the web and I think uh, have some fun, do some animation, create some interesting interactive moments that bring value back to it and bring hopefully a little bit of that luster again. 
And the other thing that disappeared was all these magazines that used to publish the <laughs> best of the annual reports. Yeah, yeah. So, so I guess we should check out if, uh, I don't even know, is there a uh, web category? Uh, is there a Webby's category for annual reports? I, I will say, though, I don't know. I saw the news on the social, um, like, within this last month. Yeah. Print magazine is coming back. You know, I think I saw that, too. The, it was bought by... Uh, it's bought by, a, I, I believe I'd seen before, Debbie Millman. Yeah. And Stephen Heller and um, the two people who run the die line. And then and then two other people who I, I did not know their names. They, uh, they were, I believe, going to create a different type of print publication. And then when print went away, I think they just bought the rights to use their name. <laughs> and why not? It's, I mean, right, it's like this great brand... And, and, and all these people were connected somehow, or most of them I knew were connected somehow to the brand anyway. So it, it, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You're excited. Well, you're a big print guy. Actually, three quarters of my work has always been web. Interesting. It yeah, it's, it's always been web. But, but I enjoy, like, you know, I mean, I don't want to see the print magazines go away. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I, I, think, uh, I think they both bring, they bring value to the industry. There's something just great about opening up these magazines and having a physical artifact to look through and there's it's it's not quite the same online no and 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 plus with the online i mean there's a lot more places to look online but you don't i don't know yeah Yeah. do i trust this or is it is it clickbait i don't i don't even know (laughs) it's it's clickbait okay if you're not sure all right we're gonna be right back with uh jeff silverstein So Jeff, I mean, we originally met because you're you're on the AIG Nebraska board now, and you have been for you said three and a half years. Yeah, so I joined the AIGA board a year and a half ago, two years ago. Okay. And just uh, stepped up to to the executive board. Uh, I was just elected vice president. Oh, congratulations! Thank you. I'm I'm not sure if it's uh, a blessing or a curse, but. Uh, <laughs> We'll go with blessing. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm excited. I think the board is at a really nice place, and the chapter has some momentum to do some some interesting things and hopefully do some great programming this year. Okay. What, what's, what's, the, what's the biggest thing you've learned on that? Did you serve on the board in D.C.? Because I know they have a chapter. I didn't. D.C. is a great chapter, and we were kind of we, – we would host events and present, and, and we're very involved in it but not uh, from a leadership perspective. And when I moved here, I, I wanted to get to know and get involved in the design community and, and reached out and, and had that opportunity. No, and I think I think it's great. So I, I did my term way back when. You paid so. your dues. Yeah, I guess that's what they call it or something. I you also out, pay I, your dues, so that's good. Oh, I, I'm still a paying member. It's still, there's still money that I see exactly. paying somehow. Yeah. And they have a... No, National has a brand new president. I just saw that came out like yeah, yesterday. Or yeah. in this case, it came out, who knows when this launches, so it came out a while But back. as of our talking, the uh, new executive director was announced yesterday. I don't I don't have much to add. I, uh, he, he seems like a capable uh, I just All I got choice. was the email that yeah. said that it was coming in, and I was like, it's great, because I, I knew they needed one. We look, we look forward to seeing what, what... There's some things in the organization, hopefully, that'll get fixed but we'll see yeah i think aiga has struggled for like nationally i mean chapters vary quite a bit and some chapters have done some great strong work and some have struggled i think 
nationally it struggled to remain relevant and to change with industry and society at large and it's wrestling with those issues now people forget i mean there's a reason there's a reason we have these trade organizations like that yeah that, that can on our on your trade in our case designs behalf can go out and lobby or or kind of push some policies or kind of tell people this is what we should be doing and yeah. but but it's also part of their job to remind us of why they are still relevant and why we still need them to do those things. Yeah, absolutely. I think AIJ has some phenomenal resources. They just they just published a, a new set of contracts and, and all sorts of legal resources for designers. And I think to some extent it, it's those kind of those core resources, those core advocacies that they that they provide that are their biggest benefit, but they They've been slow to to really respond to the changing demographics of the industry, to encourage changing demographics in the industry. They've, I think, been a little slow to to embrace the the shift to digital. It still puts a lot of emphasis on the, the processes shi- that aren't. <laughs> I mean, the shift to digital is done, but they still know, struggle to like really hot, really talk about and highlight interactive design, and it, it's kind of create and put value there and get and. To, uh, you and I were talking a little bit earlier, right? Like to get beyond just aesthetic and, and value design as a part of a broader strategic process. I think, I mean, the, everyone my age and younger, obviously we grew up and it was just digital. Like right. we got into the field and it's, everything is digital. So right. we've I learned to there. design websites in school. Like, but, but even if you don't design websites, you still know that that's part of it. And, and so it's weird that should have been a shift. Now there's not a there's not a digital design organization that's been around a hundred years for some unknown reason. No, so. <laughs> and, and there isn't a trade association for interactive designers, right? Like that, right. that doesn't exist at all. But I I don't know that the programming and the resources have uh, have kept up as much as they have. And part of that's because the role of the of the association has has diminished, right? Like so, it's like you have these. Interesting forces at play that I think uh, the AGA has kind of gotten caught in. Okay. Well, I still I still tell people they should be a member and, and to attend events. Yeah, I think locally we're doing some really interesting things. We're trying to put more emphasis on we're, we're going to have some 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 programming around the business of design. We're diversity and equity issues. We're doing we're 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 doing more work on interactive design and and not just traditional design media that I think that this chapter in years past has sometimes gotten hung up on. And, and last year, I think, was the first time AIG Nebraska actually brought in, like, a pure, straight-up digital speaker. Yeah. Like, didn't didn't even have any anything else. Like, this person just does, like, development. They're not... And, and they're speaking. Yeah, and that was, that was a priority for us because, I, I mean, we're hearing members want that. We want... I want that, right? These are people I want to hear from. Um, and so I think we're we're prioritizing some of that, uh, and and trying to make it happen for folks. Yeah, and of course it was held on on a day I was teaching, so I, I was not in attendance. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we try and clear all our programming by your teaching schedule, but it's it's tough. Yeah, I I will say, I love the place I'm at. I love, yeah. I love teaching yeah. at Metro, but you know I teach one class a quarter, 
and, and it moves the date, and the quarters are like 11 <laughs> weeks, so it's, I can't even plan things. It's either. a different day every week. Yeah, every, every quarter you're like, oh, I guess, I guess we're not, I guess that doesn't matter anymore. So like, I think, I think earlier this year I was teaching on a Tuesday, or it was, I guess it was last year, teaching on Tuesday, and I'm like, every single event, because I'm like, nothing happens on Tuesdays in Omaha. Right, right, right. That, that quarter, every Tuesday, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, how is, how are there this many uh-huh. events on a Tuesday? Uh-huh. So then... This quarter, I'm actually on Monday, and sure enough, no, nothing happens on Monday. Mondays well, nothing really happens, right? Like, that's a safe bet. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but I, I, don't, I mean, I didn't, I didn't necessarily pick that day, but that's yeah. just how it happened. So. Yeah. We'll, we'll try and move around dates. Yeah. And I think also looking at what are different times that, you know, evenings are, are great for some programs, but can we do more brown bag lunches or... Uh, breakfasts and, and have have conversations over coffee. I, I think there's all sorts of formats we, we want to be playing with and seeing what resonates with folks. Where where do folks want to come out and... From, from my know. memory, and it's been a while since yeah. I was on the board, we would, you know, if we'd have a speaker come in, we kind of gave it up to their schedule, and usually they'd take right, Friday. Right, you're at their mercy. <laughs> well, we'd say, like, can you do a Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday? And, and if you fly them in, they'd, a lot of times they just do Friday because then they only have to take a day off of work or, or whatnot. Right. But we found that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I don't I don't think the attendance shifted much, mm-hmm. but you got different people. Right. You know, you were like, oh, I haven't seen you in a while. Like, oh, you can go out on a Friday, but not yeah. a Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to get a sitter in the middle of the week. Yeah. But it or it'd be the opposite. You know? Right. Exactly. So all right. Well, Jeff, thank you very much for being on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Um, best with the the friendly design co. And, thank you. And having to be friendly all the time, which thank has you. to be exhausting. <laughs> I'm not sure I live up to it, but uh, it's aspirational. Okay. Well, that's good to hear. <laughs> and and we're very glad that if they had to choose a second location, obviously Omaha, Nebraska is the second location everyone needs to be picking on. I think market research would reflect that as well. I would I would I would tend to agree based on the people in Omaha that I've researched with. Yes, yes. The the numbers I'm looking at say Omaha. Yeah, it's like ninety percent. Thank you. Yeah. The Reflex Blue Show with Donovan Meary is hosted at 36point.com. Music by Dustlab.